One of the things that my first sponsor was quite hot on, you have to be a man of your word. Because through my years of drinking, like I always let people down, not purposely, because my intention was always good, but my actions never matched my intention. I would say I would do things or say, you know, promise things, but never really follow it through. So when I got into sobriety and early recovery and you know, he was very, he was like, you know, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. It's time for Sobriety Checkpoint's thoughtful morning meditation based on a variety of daily readers and written wisdom that I will share my own thoughts or commentary on. You can also expect to hear thoughts and commentary from others that will be guests on my show. Credit will be given to all excerpts read on this podcast, which can also be found in the show notes. Tears roll down your face Reaching for something Someone to embrace To numb pain Welcome to Sobriety Checkpoint. Are you a parent in recovery wishing for peace and emotional sobriety? Do you find yourself up late at night googling things like how to overcome negative thinking, or why is my heart racing? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals only to feel resentful and irritable when you put everyone else's needs first and leave no time for yourself again? Hey, I'm Felicia. I'm a 12-step returned therapist, and I too have battled anxiety and that critical inner voice. All I wanted was peace and just a little bit of time to myself. I tried to strive and achieve to find happiness, but that only left me with more anxiety. I finally realized I needed to discover my true identity to find the peace I was striving to attain. In this podcast, you're going to find solutions to navigating mental health, spirituality, and relationships to experience the peace you've been craving. It's time for that desperately sought-after solo target run. Grab your keys and let's go for a drive. There's no judgment or breathalyzer at this sobriety checkpoint. By the beauty of it all, recognized I was always destined to fall into deepest dark. We are stronger than we think we are, so fight. And show your strength. Welcome back to another episode of Sobriety Checkpoint. Before we get started, I'd like to invite you to become a Sobriety Checkpoint Insider. By becoming an insider, you're going to get weekly updates with the latest podcast episode, emotional sobriety and self-care tips, as well as early bird access to special offers. You can also head over to Facebook and join my community where you're going to find other parents in recovery, seeking solutions to emotional sobriety through exploring mental and emotional health, spirituality, and relationships. Check out the show notes for the Insider and Facebook group links. I hope to see you in there. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe to my show, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Reviews help boost my ratings, which helps other parents in recovery find my show. Thank you so much, and I'm super grateful for your support. All right, now let's get started. Today's reading is from 
The Four Agreements, a wisdom book by Don Miguel Ruiz. I'm going to read a couple paragraphs from chapter two, the first agreement, which is be impeccable with your word. The first agreement is the most important one and also the most difficult one to honor. It is so important that with just the first agreement, you will be able to transcend to the level of existence I call heaven on earth. The first agreement is to be impeccable with your word. It sounds very simple, but it is very, very powerful. Why your word? Your word is the power that you have to create. Your word is the gift that comes directly from God. The gospel of John in the Bible, speaking of the creation of the universe, says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word is God. Through the word, you express your creative power. It is through the word that you manifest everything. Regardless of what language you speak, your intent manifests through the word. What you dream, what you feel, and what you really are will all be manifested through the word. The word is not just a sound or a written symbol. The word is a force. It is the power you have to express and communicate, to think, and thereby to create the events in your life. You can speak. What other animal on the planet can speak? The word is the most powerful tool you have as a human. It is the tool of magic. But like a sword with two edges, your word can create the most beautiful dream or your word can destroy everything around you. One edge is the misuse of the word, which creates a living hell. The other edge is the impeccability of the word, which will only create beauty, love, and heaven on earth. Depending upon how it is used, the word can set you free or it can enslave you even more than you know. All the magic you possess is based on your word. Your word is pure magic, and the misuse of your word is black magic. Wow, that's deep, isn't it? Reading that, I've never thought about the bit where it says no other animal on earth can speak, and you don't ever think about that, do you? So yeah, it is being able to speak and communicate is a powerful tool. And it is right, like it can misuse of the word black magic i like that and your word is pure magic yeah i've never really thought about it in that much detail before but one of the things that my first sponsor was quite hot on you have to be a man of your word because through my years of drinking like i always let people down not purposely because my intention was always good but my actions never match my intention i would say i would do things or say you know promise things but never really follow it through so when i got into sobriety and early recovery and you know he was very he was like you know if you say you're going to do something you do it back out and then he got me in a lot of trouble because uh quite early on in recovery i decided that i wanted to try and do things that always scared me so one of those things was getting into boxing i did it the wrong way around i was with a promote doing photography work and they said they would get me a fight so i said yeah okay why not just being all like brave and thinking i, I could box they, they lined me up an opponent and said you know the fight's in 12 weeks time so i went to a gym and i said can you teach me how to box and the coach was like yeah yeah that's what we do here if you go to box and i said that's good i've got a fight in 12 weeks and the look on his face he was like what never thrown a punch in a gym in my life and i discovered quite quickly that i couldn't actually fight i thought i could but i couldn't so I was training five nights a week, about six weeks. And the coach came around to me and said, 
I don't think you're ready to fight in six weeks' time. If you go up there and fight this guy, you're probably going to get hurt. So I went to my... They were talking about pulling me out of the fight. I went to speak to my sponsor about it, and he was like, no, no, you said you are going to do it. Now you be a man of your word. You have to follow through. And I was like, oh, shit. So I went back to the coach, and I was like, uh, no, I'm a man of my word. I have to, because I was like fully believing what my sponsor tells me. I was like, oh, I'm going to gotta be a man of my word. I said I'm going to do it, so I'm going to do it. I don't care what happens. If I lose the fight, I don't care. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm doing it. The coach looked at me shocked and was like, okay, it's up to you. It's your choice. And I got there. I went up to Bristol in England, and I was fighting a guy who came from a family of professional boxers. Even though it was his first fight, he knew a lot about boxing because his family were all into it one of his cousins would actually go on and become a world champion a couple of years after this happened so everything was stacked against me i'd only been training for 12 weeks i was fighting a guy who had boxing in the blood he had about 200 people that were fans of his in the crowd because it was his hometown and i had about 20 friends there so i got booed like massively on the way to the ring and i thought i'm going to get my butt kicked here but I don't know what happened when the first bell went, something clicked inside me and I actually was able to, to box and did quite well and actually ended up winning the fight. But yeah, that, that could have gone horribly wrong. And that was all because I was keeping my, being a man of my word, I'm going to do this fight. And I could have gone really badly hurt in that. But I think maybe God was on my side that day. Let's see. I think a couple of the things that came up for me that I thought was really cool from this reading this part that says the word is a force. It's a power that you have to express and communicate, to think, and thereby to create the events in your life. Just this idea of creating through words is one of those, just had one of those moments where when you read something, you see something and you have like this huge like aha moment and it's like a light bulb goes off in your brain. I think that these first few paragraphs of this chapter really did that for me. It was just a light bulb. I mean, I think that this is something that is beautifully written. And then when I just think about the fact that this was written down, right? So this man wrote these words to communicate and to create something, right? He created this book of wisdom to share and the importance of words being able to I guess, either create or destroy, right? One or the other. Words can build you up or tear you down. And just this idea of saying that I'm just like you said, Stuart, saying that you're going to do something, it's just this power that like puts it in motion, right? So it's like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then you start going in that direction with saying, this is it. And I know that before I was sober, I would say all kinds of words and not mean them or say that I'm going to do something and don't follow through. And it's an interesting thing, I think, to reflect on kind of like pre-sobriety versus getting into recovery and learning about the importance of just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Mm. And actually what's coming up for me there is I was thinking about my... I wasn't planning on sharing this. It's kind of cool how just in the middle of it, you just start thinking about other things. My sponsor, when I was about a year sober, I was, I think, complaining a lot about just relationship stuff. And at that time, I was um, 
my now husband was my boyfriend at the time. And he's the type of man that is just a man of few words. But what he says is the words that he says he means. And his words can be trusted. But because of the fact that my words couldn't be trusted at that time, I couldn't trust his, right? So this might be something that a lot of people listening could relate to is this this conflict with your boyfriend where you're like, hey, do you want to go do this, right? Whatever that may be. Oh, do you want to go to this party with my family, right? And he doesn't want to go, right? (laughs) So he says, no, I don't want to go, right? And then you throw a fit. I mean, I remember throwing those. I remember throwing a fit and then he changes his mind. Sure, I'll go, right? Just to avoid the conflict. And then the next time, right? I ask, hey, do you want to do whatever it is, right? Do you want to go hang out with my friends? Then he says, sure. Then the next question is, well, do you really want to go? Or are you just saying that because you think that I'm going to get mad if you say no, right? (laughs) And I feel like that was a very common thing that I did in the beginning of my sobriety and definitely all the time in past relationships. And part of it was because my words couldn't be trusted. And my sponsor told me, if you can't accept a no, you cannot trust a yes. That was something that was very powerful because it made me realize what I was doing. It really home. It made me realize what I was doing. And then taking a step back and realizing like this man is a man of few words and what he says he means. I think he's probably the most honest person I know. And I admire that, even though sometimes like the few words drives me crazy. I also need to take a step back and realize that's just how he is. And the integrity of his word is huge. He is somebody that is impeccable with his word. And it makes me want to be more that way. It makes me want to make sure that what I'm saying, I mean, I just recognize the importance of it. I'm not sure if you have anything like this in the US, but we have a saying in the UK that goes, happy wife, happy life. (laughs) Yeah, we have that one too. (laughs) I think we started it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's no magical power there. That's just him wanting a happy life. Yeah, yeah. So no, he knows that one. He told me early on before we got married, he started learning how to say yes, dear. (laughs) So yeah, I'm actually surprised that he's the one that came up with this reading. I wasn't planning on talking about that. But yeah, it's if you have somebody for whoever's listening, if you have someone that you recognize is somebody that is a man or woman of their word, get closer to them, stay close to them, learn from them, pay attention to them and work towards letting your yes be yes and your no be no. I think it sticks out for me with this is like when you're in addiction and your part of addiction is just wanting to be loved, that real like deep need to just have people love you. And the easiest way to get that is to just agree all the time. When someone says, can you do this for me? You agree. Mm -hmm. And it's not because you want to let people down. not be a man of your word but it's like it's just people pleasing every time someone asks you if you can do something or you're going to be somewhere 
can you be here can you do this you just say yes all the time never with an intention to let anyone down but like i said earlier our intentions were always pretty pure but we don't get judged by our intentions we get judged by our actions so people don't see that you're just desperately wanting to fit in and be loved so you end up letting people down all the time and it makes you look like a bad person but deep down you're just desperate to be loved mm-hmm. which is the opposite of the intention right the way that it turns out yeah and like i've learned in, i've learned in recovery that it's okay to say no or i think there's like my response you say to me is the, the three p's pause pray proceed you know someone asks you something and you're not sure just wait if you don't know what to do if you don't know what the right thing to do is don't do anything it's okay to not make a decision yet but in active addiction you're just so quick to please everybody and feel like under pressure that you have to make your mind up there and then you just quickly jump in and say yes to everything without realizing that you're gonna let if you say yes to two events that happen at exactly the same time it's impossible you can't be in two places at once so you're gonna let one of them down and then and then the problem is once you realize that you've made a mistake like that say you realize that you've double booked yourself when you suggest the two things that happen at the same time then you become so fearful of rejection you don't know how to tell one of those people that you've or both of people that you can't do that certain thing so you don't tell them you just think you are i'll bury my head in the sand and the problem will go away but it doesn't go away this is all the complexities of being in active addiction isn't it can definitely relate to that i used to say in some of my main shares that bit like when things like that happen it's like being dishonest is kind of natural to us sometimes lies would fall out of my mouth when sometimes the truth was easier and it's almost when you're in a position where you've you know you're going to let someone down the easiest thing to do is to just tell them the truth but you become so fearful of what's going to happen if you let that person down that you decide not to tell them mad our heads work isn't it oh it's completely I'm glad that I've made progress in that area in my life because that was just the norm before for me. And I definitely, (laughs) that cycle of make the commitment and then being terrified of breaking the commitment. So then you just run away and hide and don't say anything. And it's just 10 times worse. Yeah. But then do you know what? Actually, like having this conversation now is helping me a lot because what I've started to realize now when we're talking about agreeing to things and making plans and letting people down what i've started realizing something i'm doing now so instead of being open and honest about things and letting people down what i'm doing at the moment i've come across this a few times now just thinking about it is i'll arrange something and make a plan to do something and i'll keep that plan to myself and i won't tell my fiance what the plan is because then in my mind i'm thinking well, I'm not telling her a lie because I haven't told her anything. And then we get close to like an event that's going to happen. And then I'll like drop it on her last minute and go, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing this. And I think that that's okay because I haven't lied to her. But in a way, I kind of, I'm still being a bit kind of dishonest with myself, aren't I? Because I'm, it's something that I could have told her a long time ago, but I'm scared of the reaction I'm going to get if I say, oh, I'm going to do this. When actually the truth is, if I tell her something with plenty of notice, I'm not going to get a bad reaction to whatever it is that I've decided that I want to do. But I'm so fearful of causing a drama that I just keep it to myself instead. So it's probably just as bad as lying and agreeing to stuff. You should be your best friend now because you made me start realizing that I'm doing things wrong in that relationship. 
there's so there's so much that goes on within the mind we're like look, look all we've done is read you, you well i didn't read you've read like three paragraphs of a book that was do you know when this book was written probably a few right. years ago i bet let's see it was written i don't know let me google it i actually think it might have been in the 90s is it called again the four commitments the, the four agreements agreements oh 1997 not that old then. I was going to be much older than that, like ancient wisdom. Look, we all—you've read like three paragraphs of a book, and look at how much like thought-provoking stuff that's ignited in like both of our heads. Thinking, "God, shit, I do this, and I should do this, and I shouldn't do this, and I should be better." And I'm think at the start of this, I'm thinking, "Oh yeah, I've got ten years of recovery now, so I'm a man of my word. I'm Mister Perfect." When I'm not, I need to start finding time to read more. Instead of there's so many books that I've this is going to be on my list of I want to read this now, but there's so many books that are on my list of books I want to read, but I just don't find the time to get on and do it. Who was he writing my own books? Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with another parent in recovery who may be looking for solutions to mental health and sobriety? Also, please leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts so other parents just like you can find the show. I'm super excited to know this podcast is helping you. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. I'll see you back here on your next Target Run. Until next time. We are stronger than we think we are. So fight and show your strength. Learn grace from our God. Learn grace from our God. Learn grace from our God. Oh, learn grace from our God.